This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Puck Year! That's what uh, I would sound like if I was Chris Keeve, who actually is doing pretty well for himself. Uh, Joe, I hear he's got a new job at Radio Horaki. He's got a new gig. He is our night's host now. So um, we put him through a massive hazing period, um, which you're probably not allowed to do anymore, but um, (laughs) we don't really care. So um, no, he's really good. He's he's a valuable member of the full-time team now. Yeah, it's Chris. awesome. He's come a long way from um, doing our intro. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can say that we officially launched him into his broadcasting career. <laughs> I'm sure he awesome. will uh, deny that to the grave, but <laughs> oh, com- completely. <laughs> anyway, there is uh, there's been a lot happening, obviously, uh, in the hockey world lately. Um, Stanley Cup was awarded yesterday. St. Louis Blues. Um, I think this should be the uh, mandatory mention of Cam Green in here for the podcast. He'll be a very, mm-hmm. very happy man, diehard Blues fan. Yeah, I saw him on social. He was, I think he was at work and he was just harassing all the people he works <laughs> with with um, Blues footage and live streams of the game on a big screen. Pretty good. Like, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I imagine he didn't want the Bruins to win. Um, but St. Louis, good story. First ever Stanley Cup since 67 when they came in. So that's a, a feel-good story. Patrick Maroon, an old an old Mighty Ducks alumni. So I feel <laughs> good about that. Um, it was a weird – it was kind of a weird series. Like the Bruins blew the blew the Blues, <laughs> blew out the Blues nice. in, in two games. Um, and then St. Louis won three games in Boston. It was just, it was weird. It was a weird series and a weird playoffs, um, like Stanley Cup playoffs overall, really. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, yeah, like you kind of mentioned before, like the whole, the story behind the Blues is just unreal. The fact that they, you know, literally started from the bottom and now they're here kind of thing. Like they mm-hmm. were dead last um, coming into 2019. And then all of a sudden, hey, Jordan uh, Bington's like, hey, no, I got this. And I, I'm i kind of surprised he didn't win the Con Smythe. Uh, I know there's quite a few people out there like that as well. Um, I mean, when a goalie helps... I mean, obviously I, he had a couple of stinkers, but you know yeah. he did help a lot. He was huge uh, in Game 7 as well. I think if he had got a shutout in that game, they would have they would have given it to him, but he let that stinker in at the end. And Ryan O'Reilly was pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, and it was just a weird, weird playoffs. And I don't know. I think it was Gloria was probably their, their moment. And with <laughs> Gloria, everything changed. Yeah. Um, and I'm just obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, very happy it wasn't the Bruins. Uh, just seeing... Uh, Marshawn's so upset, you know, <laughs> I could watch that all day and just seeing uh, Tyler Bozak win the Stanley Cup, lift it up, just be so happy. Um, I'm just so stoked for the guy. I've seen a few like really nice, you know, like posts on Instagram from, you know, his uh, former teammates with the Leafs like Kadri, just, you know, just absolutely pumped for the guy. So, um, you know, it's uh, that kind of thing. Like, I guess you had to go away to win a cup somewhere and, you know, the Blues were a good bet, um, that's for sure. 
Yeah, and who who would have thought a team with Tyler Bo- Bozak on it would beat the Bruins <laughs> in a game seven? So that's when the <laughs> when the score was four one. I know. Mm, yeah, crazy. Uh, I'll, I do have to admit, though, I actually haven't watched a lot of the Stanley Cup Finals because I've just been so all in on the Raptors' run in the NBA Finals. You know, they almost, almost won it at home in Game Five. Um, to kind of date this podcast very quickly, Game Six is happening very shortly. So I'm going to be kind of uh, MIA for a few hours after this, I think. <laughs> do, do you think they can do it in game six or will it go to seven? It's The yeah. only thing is that the, the Golden State are kind of woken up now. So Yeah, and there's obviously going to be that added motivation of, you know, doing it for uh, Kevin Durant. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they even brought him out in game five, I just, uh, I mean, I might sound like a dick here, but I am... I have no sympathy for, uh, I think was it, was it the president of like the uh, operations or whatever? He was in a press conference and he was tearing up. He was basically taking uh, full responsibility for the decision, despite, you know, despite the fact that it was a decision made between obviously coaching staff, all the medical team and, you know, everyone involved, but he was taking the heat uh, in the media. And I just, I just don't fucking buy it. Like, I mean... It was a dumb move. You know, you had all these people saying, like, look where he's being strapped with his ice. That's not his calf. That's his Achilles. Mm. And now he go, boom, he, he in fact, ruptured his Achilles um, when he played in game five. And, I mean, it sucks for Kevin Durant. Big How time. good was he looking, though, in that, that game? It was, it was quite terrifying. He was um, just nailing threes and then just his... That, that footage of that mm. close-up of his leg exploding is quite horrific. But, yeah, the fact that he could play that well despite being injured just speaks so much volumes for the guy. So, I mean, I hope, obviously, he comes back, you know, strong after his surgery the other day. And, you know, who knows what happens next season. But now so it's, it's all about the finals. Here's a question for you. Say, so he's ruptured his Achilles, right? If you are a team and... Worst case scenario, he's gone for the entire next season. If you are a team, do you sign him for what's the maximum in the NBA? Four years? Do you sign him for four years knowing that his entire next year, one of those years, could be a complete nothing? Uh, Someone will take that chance. I mean, that's pretty much what the Raptors did with um, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. The the Spurs wrote him off with his injury and everything and... So you're saying Kevin Durant to the Raptors? Is that what you think? That's not. <laughs> I'm saying someone is going to see what the Raptors have done with Kawhi, and I mean, like KD is like a to me that's a no brainer. You do that. Um, but to your original question, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they win it in Game Six. I feel like um, the Warriors are going to be obviously really fired up. This is definitely without a doubt their last ever game at Oracle Arena, so they're going to want to give their fans something to cheer about that's for sure and you know try and mm-hmm. stretch it out to a game seven and i mean you know the raptors fan in me obviously wants the raptors to win at home but then going to a game seven adds so much pressure that golden state have way more experience in. so we'll see but um that's probably enough of uh, derailing the podcast two weeks in a row with uh, nba chat i promise we'll probably do it again next week when uh, uh, it's 
highly, highly likely. Yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, the subject of this podcast this week is the inline ferns, uh, the New Zealand inline ferns, our national women's uh, team. They are heading off very shortly to Spain for the World Roller Games. And, uh, you know, we covered them quite extensively last year. I kind of fell in love with the sport. I never really... Yeah, you, you became an inline fan last yeah, year. Yeah, I never, I never really, like, paid attention to it before, but I loved it. Um, you know, all the, all the ladies in that team um, are just, you know, great New Zealanders, uh, you know, without a doubt. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, we had a, I had a great chat with uh, Jana Cavell and uh, Hannah Jensen, who are sort of two of the youngest stars of the team. And I mean, their schedule, it's, it's going to be tough. It's coming up in, um, yeah, very soon, actually. July 6th is their first game against France. And then the day after that, they play Chinese Taipei. The day after that, they play Italy. And then the day after that, they play USA, who won it last year and the number one ranked team in the world. So. Yeah, that could, be a, that could be a bit of a stiff test. It could be, but it's going to be fun to watch. And also, the games are actually at a really good time, uh, you know, for New Zealanders and, and for me in Australia. Like, um, their first two games are at 7.30 in New Zealand. Then the Italy game is 9 p.m. And then that game against um, the USA is at midnight. So, I mean, if you want to stay up for that, go for it. Because inline games are actually over within an hour. <laughs> so, it's great, usually. <laughs> it's a lot better than staying up all through the night to watch cricket where it's rained out and nothing happened wow so. we're definitely not derailing this podcast with cricket world cup <laughs> chat that's for sure uh but yeah for now um that's it from well that's it from uh joe say bye joe and we'll get stuck into my interview with uh Jana and hannah bye joe <laughs> all right uh hannah jensen and Jana caval thanks for taking the time to chat with park here today uh the first thing that i really wanted to get into it's just how long uh, you two have known each other. You've practically grown up playing hockey together right from primary school age. So, you know, out there on the rink, do you just know where each other is going to be at all times? Do you have like a sixth sense going on there between you two? Um, yeah, so we have known each other for quite a long time. Um, how many years would it be now? More than 10? Like maybe 12 years? 12 years, yeah. So we actually, um, for most of our childhood, we actually grew up on the same, oh, we, we lived on the same street. <laughs> And we went to, we went to primary school together. Um, so Jana's three years younger than me at school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we definitely known each other for a long time. And then we started playing school uh, like school league and line hockey together when I was about ten. You were about eight. Yeah. So okay. so yeah, we've definitely known each other for a long time. And yeah, we actually have had quite a few people <laughs> say to us that we must be like psychic with each other or something because sometimes we are pretty in sync on the rink. That's Not all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> I love that. Actually, speaking of which, I remember, you know, we saw that kind of special connection between the two of you uh, at last year's World Champs, um, you know, especially during that playoff for seventh place against Italy. Uh, you know, it was overtime. You combined for that game-winning goal. And I, I know it wasn't the, pl the placing that the team was hoping for, but can you recall for us, you know, how that moment felt to get such a big win over the host country? Uh, we lost to them in our last game in China in 2017. Mm. So I think it was 2-1 to them, and this time it was 2-1 to us. So, yeah, it was pretty good to get them back. Yeah, yeah. it was a pretty awesome, definitely a pretty awesome, awesome feeling. Yeah. It's, it's like they did, it was their home. 
Yeah, especially to be against the home crowd. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but you silence the silence them a little bit. It's pretty awesome because, like, you know, you watch it and uh, uh, Johnny, you're kind of tearing up with the puck there, and then you see Hannah, you pass it on, and then Hannah, you've got the puck on your stick. And then boom, she uh, Jana's right there open. Uh, it was an awesome moment. Um, it was actually like uh, from that tournament, I was hooked uh, on inline hockey. I don't know why it took me so long, but like I love it now after watching, you know, uh, the inline ferns last year. There just seems to be like this added emphasis uh, on you know creativity compared to say ice hockey. It feels a lot more free flowing. But um, you know, because you've both been in this game for a while now. Uh, starting with you, Hannah, what brings you back year after year to the sport? Well, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> um, I think definitely for me now, just having played it for so long, it does feel like like a lot of, especially the girls on the team, it does feel like a family. And I just mm. have, you know, I just love being around everyone. And, and it's just so much fun playing. I don't even know. I just, just enjoy it so much. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely what brings brings me back. And what about for you, uh, Jana? Yeah, I just love hockey. Like, <laughs> ice hockey and online hockey are like both. Yeah, Jana's pretty obsessed. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Um, before we go, <laughs> before we go any further into like, so the inline ferns, I want to talk about you know your recent experience uh, playing in Spain for the CPLV Panthers. How did that whole thing even come about? Um, so in two thousand and at last world in two thousand eighteen, some of the Spanish junior women team, like I started talking to them, and then in around it was I think December of last year so it was pretty like close to when we actually left they said that their team was looking for a few players and that we could come over and then we just talked to the coach about it and then yeah that's how it happened awesome now what kind of what kind of setup was waiting for you with the Panth- panthers like can you give us an idea of you know how big inline hockey is in spain and you know with that uh women's elite league you're competing in like was that a professional league in the Elite League, there was eight other teams. So, and there's like I think there's about four different women's leagues in total there. And here we have four in total. So, yeah. just in their top league, they've already got like twice as many teams as we do, and it's like really competitive. And they have training three times a week for an hour each time. And then every Wednesday we did the circuit thing, <laughs> and it was like, oh my god, it's it like. Cool. It was intense, like, but it really opened our eyes to like what type of training Europe, especially Spain, because they have really good at worlds and they always place really t- like high mm-hmm. in the second division. So yeah, because if you compare that to what we've got over here, so Dana and I, we pl- we train probably about twice a week, maybe for inline, or that's just you know what's offered to us from our team. So each team when we get that one training a week. Yeah. So even just comparing that to what they've got over in Spain, it's just incredible. Like we, we pretty much played hockey every single day there or twice a day. Um, which is just incredible. And yeah, just the amount of teams um was also crazy because yeah, like Jonathan, we've only got the four teams here and it's like the, it's the same with women's ice hockey here. We've only just got the three or four teams now with mm-hmm. Wellington coming in. Yeah. So just incredible to actually have so many teams and to, to be at that level because they they definitely were a step up to the teams that we've got here. So that was really awesome to um, experience that. Did it kind of feel like, you know, with the short spouse, uh, you know, space of time that you're in Spain, did it kind of feel like you guys were living that hockey dream? Yeah, we pretty much every day we just woke up and then we went to the rink and then we used the gym there. There was a gym right next to the rink 
And then we just train at night, so it was pretty much hockey, 24-7. Yeah, our apartment was, like, how many, like, five-minute walk? If, if that, like, 500 metres from yeah. the ring. Yeah, and just in the mornings, like, the rink was just, like, there was a couple of people there. It was just free to use, which is crazy because, yeah, like, here or, like, in Hamilton, you have to pay sort of, what, like, 25 dollars an hour to use the rink <laughs> and I, yeah. it might be different than other rinks across the country I don't know but um just you know having access to that free rink time and obviously it's a lot worse for ice hockey as well um <laughs> which is absolutely incredible so definitely felt felt like a bit of a dream so uh obviously the uh, the team set you up an apartment there what was what was the kind of setup like there for you yeah <laughs> so um we was we was there was the two of us and then we were staying with um, this other girl, um, Shalini, who was also on the team and she's also on, oh, she's she's actually not this year, but she has been on the Spanish national team um, for quite a few years in the past. She's a really, really um, talented player. So she was staying there in the room next to us, which was cool. Mm. Um, it was pretty funny. Our, it, like it was, it was a good apartment. It was pretty small, but it was a bit funny because when we got there, they were still renovating. <laughs> um, so they were actually still building our kitchen as we were there. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, it was just awesome. And we were just so thankful to actually have the apartment and be so close to the rink. It was really cool. Awesome. Now I know, I, I'm pretty sure this was you guys. Uh, you might have jogged my memory, but, uh, I believe you took along a jar of picks peanut butter with you to have some, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so just how long did that jar last you guys? Like a week. Yeah. Like less than two weeks. <laughs> we, we were not prepared. We should have brought more. <laughs> Oh, I hope they're listening because, uh, yeah, you might want to take like a box of picks peanut butter with you to Spain for the um, for the World Roller Games. But uh, judging, oh, yeah. yeah, judging from Instagram, it looked like you guys definitely had a pretty good time over there. The Panthers really welcomed, you know, a couple of Kiwis with open arms. But you know, away from the rink, did you get to explore Spain much and do anything cool like touristy? We went to um, a couple different places. It was for hockey, but we got to see, like, have a look around there. We went to a place called Villarreal, which is four, was it four hours? Yeah, four hours from the um, Valladolid where we stayed. And that was on the coast, but we didn't really, we didn't spend too much time there, but we still yeah, went around. Yeah, right before we left, we got to see Madrid for a couple of days, but it was mostly just, just hockey. Yeah. And what about, um, say typically when you do these overseas trips with the inline ferns, do you get to spend much time around the city uh, you know, either before or after, or was it just all business and you're back home? Um, so some people like will plan their trips so that they might get a bit of a holiday um, normally after the trip. But honestly, yeah, yeah, honestly, we only get normally there's like one rest, it's no, one or day two, off. yeah, one or two days off during the tournament. So sometimes we might get to do, um, yes, some sort of small touristy thing, but um, most of the time we don't really, yeah. So looking back kind of on your, you know, your time uh, with the Panthers, how do you think that set you up for your preparations with the World Roller Games? It, it was definitely eye-opening in terms of the training they do, like especially the circuit. That was that was the most like <laughs> intense training I've ever done on the rink in my life. And like it was just 20 minutes of non-stop, just like going on your much, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think we can compete with them. It's just, we need to be faster and fitter, and then I don't think they're necessarily any more skilled. Yeah, yeah, definitely the speed and yeah, the fitness was definitely the first thing that we picked up picked up on that they've really got on us, and they're really fast over there, and they just go straight away. So that's definitely something um, that we're more aware of now. Um, yeah, I love uh, whenever you guys sort of bring up the circuit. 
it's it almost seems like a real love hate thing that you have going for that. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember we were doing it, and Hannah said it's the last one or something, and it was not the last one. Like we went for like at least five more rounds. It was just like it never ended. I was trying to be positive. Right? I was trying to be positive. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> now the inline ferns, um, you're leaving for the World Roller Games on uh, July 1st, and I believe you're getting together for a couple of days beforehand just to go over any kind of last minute detail. So, just how hard has the team been working together under uh, head coach Stephen Adams? Um, so have we had about five, how many training camps? Four, four or five? Four, four or five training camps together, um, which has been really good. And then we've also had two tournaments together. Um, so we have had quite a bit of time playing together, which is um, which has been really awesome. And like Jana said, we have had that training program going, which has been really good as well. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone has been working really, really hard um, towards it. And then, yeah, we've got a two-day training uh, pre-tournament training camp coming up, yeah, just in a couple of weeks. And uh, I've I've sort of been chatting a bit to uh, your team manager, Courtney Fox, uh, about the upcoming tournament. And now I know New Zealand's been placed in what some, well, what she is calling the pool of death. Uh, you're up against, you know, USA, they won last year. You've also got Italy again, plus, you know, Chinese Taipei and uh, France, who both could be a surprise. So, you know, there's no given who will qualify here for the quarterfinals. And, you know, obviously every game will count. So does it bother you that you know, the inline ferns road might be harder than most, or is it kind of more like motivation to perform and prove to the world, you know, that New Zealand can hang with the best of them? Uh, I think it's motivation. Like, there's nothing we can do about it to change that. So we would have to beat them eventually if we want the medal. So, yeah, I think no matter what, it's going to be a hard pull. And, I mean, every year there's countries that come out as surprises. Um, like, for example, in 2017 in China, um, we beat France. Um, when I think we probably maybe didn't know if we were going to get through that game, and we did, which is really awesome. And then, for example, last year, um, I feel like we probably should have beaten Argentina, which we didn't. So it kind of is a bit of a hit and miss. Um, we took we yeah. drew with um, Canada and took USA to a shootout. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for the USA yeah. game, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, I love that yeah. I love that you brought up Canada. Just every time I think of that shootout, and I think of uh, uh, Tara's celebration. Oh yeah, <laughs> to the oh, yeah. <laughs> she's not gonna like that. We brought that up. <laughs> I know so it good. comes up every time. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, there's been there's been a slight change, uh, obviously, with the team this year. You know, Angela Milari. She is expecting her first child, so you know she's therefore unable to play. But she's still tick, uh, sticking with the team as an assistant coach. So how do you think she's settled into that new role? Um, I think it probably has been quite hard for Ange to not be on the rink and just, um, you know, watching. But she, she has done a really awesome job of helping us. Um, Steve wasn't a, oh, hasn't actually been able to come over for the two tournaments that we did because he's been um, um, busy. He was just in Africa Cup, uh, doing the Africa Cup as well. Um, so she's been doing a lot of coaching, um, which has been really good. Um, yeah, she's, She's just doing a really good job, we think, and it's cool that she's still coming along even though she can't play. Hmm. Now, uh, obviously, being in Hamilton, you're both involved with the uh, Hamilton Devils inline club, but you also got the Hockey Wise program. And, you know, we hear about how ice hockey grow is growing rapidly in Wellington. But I want to know, like, what about inline? Would you consider Hamilton to kind of be like the nation's, you know, I guess, hub where it keeps attracting new players and developing them? Um, in Hamilton, we've got quite a big 
school league, which I think feeds in quite a few players. But I'm not actually sure if it would be the, the biggest um, in terms of development. I think in Auckland and in Kerry Kerry, actually, at the moment, they're doing a pretty good job of bringing in, in new players, which is pretty cool. Um, cool to see. I think we do pretty well. We, I mean, we, we definitely are one of these bigger clubs, um, probably, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. always different kids as well at Hockey-wise, like new ones coming through, so I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, do you see like a lot of uh, growth there, obviously, with Hockey-wise, like a lot of um, yeah newer faces showing up? Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of new faces showing up with Hockey-wise. Um, definitely, and a lot of people coming from not just in Hamilton, um, but sort of all over the country, which is really awesome to see. Um, they're really, they're really fun camps to coach. The adult, yeah, we've got adult, adult school uh, skill sessions now as well, which has been getting a bit of interest, which is really cool. Um, I'm trying to get my mum to come, but she refuses. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to throw back a little bit. Uh, I remember when there used to be an ice rink in Hamilton. Um, I loved going there on school trips uh, as a kid coming over from Tauranga. Now, that kind of shows how long ago that was. But because uh, now the closest ice is, you know, 90 minutes away. Does that do you think that keeps aspiring uh, ice hockey players away from that sport in your region and drive them more to pick up some wheels and give inline a shot? Yeah, I 100% think that. Like Also... But it's a big commitment for parents, especially for younger players, to drive your kid up to Auckland and back in a night more than once a week usually. So good for inline, though. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, no, I was just going to say, I haven't been playing that much ice hockey these last couple of years, and it definitely is just to do with that travel time. So right. it would be interesting to, interesting to see if we did have a rink in Ham, uh, an ice rink in Hamilton, um, how that would affect the inline, inliners. But at the moment, it's definitely yeah, good for the inliners. Yeah, speaking of which, Hannah, I understand that both you and Jana have actually been dreaming of starting up your own ice rink in Hamilton someday. <laughs> I knew you were going to say this, Logan. I knew you were going to. <laughs> yes. We need a bit of money for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it, it kind of is. It's mostly just a joke that, yeah, we've kind of... It's not a joke. It. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Jana. Um, but we, we kind of have said, you know, like if, if we won the lotto, this is what we'd do. It'd be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, that would take quite a bit of money and we probably can't play hockey if we did that <laughs> <laughs> hey you're still you're still young there's a lot of time i mean obviously you know you see like paris high down on dunedin takes care of the dunedin rank you know you can it can happen it can definitely happen that's for sure <laughs> i mean i would love yeah, to see we, it we can dream we can dream yeah. I mean, and I, I saw, you know, you're both studying like, you know, business and management, at, uh, you know, University of Waikato. So I think uh, if two people can do it, is you're probably a good pair. We probably would be. Johnny, you can do the, you can do the finances. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Speaking of, because you mentioned obviously um, sort of giving up uh, hockey to focus on inline a bit. Uh, I know it can be a lot of juggling between training for and playing ice and inline. You know, we had uh, Rachel Park, the ice Ferns head coach on the podcast recently talking about how tough that can be. Does there come a point? Um, obviously I think it's obviously happened for you where you have to decide which discipline to focus on and you know, what factors weigh into that kind of decision? Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of things you got to, um, juggle and it does sort of come down to it. Um, yeah, it, it does come down to it in the end. For me, it definitely has been, yeah, um, sort of a juggle between finances and uni and then having the time to go off and train. Um, so that is, yeah, the main reason that I've sort of, I've been sticking with online a lot more these days. Yeah, honestly, a lot of it comes down to money and time, really. Yeah, it, is, it, it definitely is a hard one. Yeah, like it's, it's unbelievable when you see 
you know, sort of the likes of, you know, like Hannah Shields and Helen Murray and, you know, obviously um, Anjali as well, how they can do both, um, you know, represent New Zealand and ice and inline. It's such a massive commitment and I just have so much respect for that. But, um, yeah, the fact that obviously, you know, you guys, you guys really hustle to raise funds just to play. It's incredible. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard work. Yeah, it, it, it is hard. And it, most of the time it is sort of coming, we're doing all this fundraising and it does come down to it. Most of the time it's the same sort of people that are supporting us as well, which is it, it's so generous of them, but it, it, it does make it really, really hard um, to keep fundraising year after year. But um, in, but in line, at least Courtney has been doing a really awesome job um, these last few years with helping us to get some sponsorship and things like that. So, so that's been really awesome. Now, I alluded to before, obviously, you're both, you're deep into your studies at, uh, you know, University of Waikato, and it's awesome to see uh, how proud the campus is, actually, you know, that they've got four students in the national team uh, with, you know, Laura Thresher and Hannah Shields coming as well. But, you know, those studies are such a big commitment in of itself. So, like, what kind of support, you know, do you receive from the university when it comes to pursuing your, you know, your dreams of hockey goal? Because obviously it's been interrupted a little bit. You've been to Spain already. You're kind of going all over the world to do this. Um, yeah, so especially Jana and I are really, really um, lucky and privileged that we've actually, we're actually on a scholarship at Waikato Uni um, for, for our sport. Um, so we do get quite a bit of support in that area. Um, so, for example, yeah, because this is Jana's first year, um, but for me in the past, like I've been allowed to, you know, obviously take all the time off uni um, and all my lecturers are always really understanding um, and I've gotten, you know, easily gotten things like extensions or whatever, whatever I need, some ex- extra support through through that scholarship, which has been really handy. They also, like they allowed Jana um, to actually take that first semester off if she, yeah, they, she wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, they said I could defer my scholarship till the second semester, but they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't end up doing that in the end. But, um, cause, yeah, that's been really, really awesome. Just, yeah, the fact that there is that support and you can move your exams and things like that, that there is a lot of flexibility and support has definitely been really handy. Awesome. Well, I mean, I was, you know, as I said before, you know, that, the inline ferns finished seventh last year. I, from watching you play, I felt like you definitely could have, you know, gone much higher. Um, and I mean, it goes without saying that the goal, you know, the goal is gold, obviously. But you know, realistically speaking, like, kind of, how do you, how do you see this team coming together? How do you see you performing? Like, what are the strengths of this twenty nineteen inline ferns? I think we have a lot of experience this year, especially compared to past years. And everyone's working really hard, and our training program will help us a lot. Because at that level, I think it comes down to fitness, really, because everyone's skilled. Yeah, we got seventh last year. So there's a couple of other teams this year. Like, I'm really interested to see what Chinese Taipei will be like. And last year, um, oh, oh, yeah, in France as well. In Finland, um, we were really good last year as well. So, um, Sweden? No, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Sweden, either. Yeah, yeah. Although, I don't know. But it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, it definitely will be interesting to see what those teams are like. And yeah, it really is hard to know until you you get there. Um, but I'm definitely pushing for a top five. <laughs> I want a medal. Yeah, I know you want a medal. <laughs> I want a medal too. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, yeah, I wish you both uh, the very best for the World Roller Games. Good luck to you and the rest of the inline ferns, of course. Um, you know, thanks for coming on today, and we'll definitely be following your progress. Thanks for having us. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Logan. No worries. See you guys. Park Yeah, it's New Zealand's home for hockey. 
Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PuckYearNZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to puckyear.nz.